internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hi everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm going to be talking today about time management, time blocking, you know, all those great things that we need to do when we have a lot on our plate. And it's the one thing that we cannot produce with technology, which is more time. Everybody gets just the same 24 hours a day. And that's really frustrating for most of us because once you take away the six, seven, eight, maybe nine hours of sleep, depending on who's listening today, and you have to eat, you have to shower, you have to drive, that leaves like maybe 15 hours to change the world or at least conquer your little corn of it. And there have been tons of books written about time management. And when I was younger, I thought that time management was about squishing in as many tasks as I could in the day. And I felt that that was managing my time. And that was effective to a point. But as I got into upper management and then into running my own company, I realized that it was more important about getting the important things done than getting a lot of things done. And, you know, there's those squares that they show that, you know, you unidentify what's important, what's really important. Well, when you are a solopreneur, when you work from home, when you have a full plate, meaning maybe kids or parents to take care of, you might have animals, all these things take your time and attention. And what's important? You know, what's important today may not be important tomorrow. And what becomes vitally important, especially when you are caring for other people or caring for a client who's got their nose out of joint, that becomes your highest priority. And that's where I find a really simple solution. And that is to save your old to-do list for a while. You know, we all make lists. We make lists. Some of them are fancy lists. Some are on our computer. Some are on our phones. Some are on scratch paper. And what I started to do was clip them together. And what that allowed me to do was to get a snapshot of all the things that weren't recorded in my day planner. See, I use a couple different day planners. I have a weekly planner that I plan my appointments. I have a monthly planner that I put in my big or huge recurring events like travel or vacation days. And yeah, there's a duplication, but I also have a daily agenda. And I use these three. And yes, sometimes that means writing the same event or task down three times, but you don't log on your monthly planner the things you do every day. And there are a million things that we have to do. Get our cars cleaned, get our oil changed, get our tires rotated. You know, now let's move into our personal. If you're a parent, you can multiply this times your spouse, your children. And if you're like me, you also care for an elderly father. You get to add these in three times. So you have your 
doctor's appointments, you have your dentist appointments, you have your eye appointments, and who knows whatever else you have if you have prescription medications, the kids need sports, physicals, all these things take up time. And it's really helpful to look at your month at a glance, your week at a glance, and your day at a glance. And a lot of people do very well with this system, and they they check off the things that they need to do. But at the end of the day, I invite you to think about, you know, how satisfied are you? How satisfied are you with your your day? Did you get the things done today that were meaningful to you? Because we can keep a clean house. We can keep a clean office. We can keep our clients happy. We can keep our kids happy. But at the end of the day, we don't always think about what makes us happy. And that can be a very, very simple process. You know, you can include in your task lists some things that make you happy. But most of us are just blowing through the day, hoping nothing flies apart or blows up. And we really try to get as much done as we can. And we call that effective. And it might be effective in the sense that you're getting a lot done. But you may or may not be getting the right things done. And that's where we really want to look at our planner. You know, I found that I was spending a lot of time on recurring tasks. And these recurring tasks filled up my to-do list, but they didn't make it into my planner. And I think that's true of both of us. You know, we remember something, we throw it on the fly. And so for the purposes of this first exercise, I'm going to ask you to keep your scratch paper, keep your lists, and look at what is eating up your time when you're not logging it in your daily, monthly, or weekly planner. Most of us tend to log our money-making activities. That might be blogging, that might be posting on social media, that might be running ads, all those things have to get done. And that's great. But there is a whole bunch of stuff. It's almost like a pond, you know, where you see all the fish swimming underneath, but at the top, it looks very calm. There's all these things that we do, and we don't even think about them half the time. You know, before nine o'clock in the morning, I can get a couple loads of laundry done, make dinner for the night, put three lunches together, prepare food for my dad, you know, run to the grocery store. All these things are done before I sit down at my desk at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, and then I have a whole nother list of things to do. And one of the things that happens when you look at your non-delineated task list, you know, the things that you just do automatically, the things that you you um, put in that aren't necessarily money-generating activities. And that's where a lot of our time gets eaten up. That's where a lot of our energy gets eaten up. And one of the things that I want to talk to you about, which sounds really funny, is to track your sleep. Now, I use a fitness watch that tracks my sleep. And I can tell you when I haven't gotten enough sleep, my productivity is less. There are things that fall apart and fall through the cracks when I'm tired and Many, many people who are super efficient set this routine that includes exercise and nutrition, and these are things that are really great to include in there, but you also have to make sure you get enough sleep. 
when I was changing my fitness regime and I put it in the morning at five in the morning, I found myself getting too tired to really get through the rest of my work day by, by three, four o'clock. I was really tired and I, I know workouts are supposed to give you more energy, but that didn't work for me. And so what I ended up doing was moving my workout to four 30 in the afternoon and then I still got up at 5.30 in the morning, but I started to get some things done that were important to me. And they are personal and private, and they start my day off great, and they allow me to have a more productive day. And when I have my 4.30 slump in the afternoon, instead of reaching for a diet soda or, or some sort of candy bar or something out of the snack machine, I can simply switch gears and hop over to the gym, work out from 4.30 to 5.30, and then I come back with renewed energy and enthusiasm. And one of the things that happened when I started doing this was I had so much more energy that I got things done in the evening quicker, but I became more productive. And as I became more productive, I looked into hiring someone to help me with my day-to-day -day activities in my office. And a good time to thank our sponsor. Today's show is being sponsored by LinkedIn Talent Solutions, and this is so great because it really allows us to talk about some really great ways to hire help once we get our schedules and our time blocking organized. And, you know, hiring isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting to a job board. When you're juggling hiring with everything else you have to do to grow your business, it's important that you reach the right candidate candidates at the right time. And that's where LinkedIn comes in. And there is a job platform on LinkedIn. And there are different features on the LinkedIn job platform that are really valuable for people to hire. You know, they have candidate management. They have a dashboard for you to handle your candidates. And did you know that a hire is made every eight seconds on LinkedIn? And there are over 600 million members that visit LinkedIn to make connections. They learn and grow as professionals and they discover new job opportunities. I know I am on there all the time. And that's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post gets you in front of the people with the right hard skills and soft skills to meet your role requirements. Those are things like collaboration and work ethic and adaptability. And LinkedIn does the legwork to match you with the most qualified candidates so you can focus on hiring the person who will transform your business. More than 35 million job seekers visit LinkedIn jobs every month. And I think it's really important that we give an opportunity to LinkedIn and use their talent solutions because this is a really great program. And for my listeners today, to get $50 off your first job post, go to linkedin.com slash coachtalkradio. Again, that's linkedin.com slash coachtalkradio to get $50 off your first job post. Now, terms and conditions apply. And what's great about looking at some of these LinkedIn candidates is that 
you can look for not only the right skills, but also look for people that might meet your role requirements. And that's how you grow as a professional. That's how you build your business. So to get $50 off your first job post, go to linkedin.com slash coach talk radio. Again, that's linkedin.com slash coach talk radio to get $50 off your first job post. Now terms and conditions do apply. We were talking about hiring someone for our business, and that's something that is, again, another great place to look through your old to-do list, your old scratch paper, and your old day planners, because there's a lot of history in there. When I coach professionals in hiring their first assistant or hiring an additional assistant, I ask the owner or the team members who are going to be working with this person to look through their planners, look through their list to see what isn't getting done. What do they not like to do? What things are they not good at? What do they struggle with? Because quite frankly, we can work really hard at getting better at certain skills, or we can leverage that work to somebody who already has those skills. And when we do that, our existing team members are happier because they offload things that may not thrill them during the day or may be difficult for them to someone who loves it. And that's a big part of making a happy team. So you want to look through your old list, your old to-do lists, and really mine them for information. Now, this is something else that I encourage everybody to do on a Sunday night. Sunday nights are really good nights to sit down and plan for the week. Some people like to do it Monday morning. I have a preference of doing it Sunday night couple hours before I go to bed. I like to look at my week and I like to look at the week at a glance to see what are my heavy days because those are really good times to move your schedule around. If you are looking at a big fat Wednesday and you have meetings on the hour for eight straight hours, which is something that easily happens over here, and you have two hours on a Thursday, you can actually set those emails out or make those calls to company voicemails on Sunday night asking to move those appointments so that you can create a better workflow and a better work day for your day. And oftentimes, if you work in different time zones like I do, you can wake up in the morning and get the different time zones answering and moving those schedules around so that even before you hit the desk on Monday morning, you can have a better system for your day. Now, the other thing that you can do that I really think helps for your planning is when you sit down and you plan for your week and you plan your repetitive tasks, you plan your meetings, you plan all this stuff out. Before you go to bed at night, take a few minutes, you know, you might be in the shower or you might be sitting in bed, but sit down and set the intention for tomorrow to do the things that you need to do. My intentions go something like this. Okay, Sam, tomorrow you're going to get through your entire to-do list. You're going to get your editing done. You're going to get your copy points written. You're going to get your uh, wealth, money, champions, cherries created. And you're going to make it in time for your kids' volleyball game and your other kids' basketball game at night. So I really set my intention. I'm very clear the night before about the things that I want to get done. And it's amazing when I do that, 
how I hit the ground running when I wake up. And sleep and rest are often sacrificed to get more time. But if you're really clear and consistent to where your time goes, you can schedule the things that get done that can either make your day easier, make you more money so you can hire somebody, or they can sometimes even make certain tasks not even necessary. So these are just a few things um, that I think about before I sit down and plan. Now, there are certain things that I put into my schedule that are non-negotiables. And I, at 50 years old, chose to get certified in indoor cycling. I'm a spin cyclist. And I get to get paid for my spin classes that I do. And this does a couple things. It allows me to get some social interaction, which I don't get often at home. Most everything is screen time and phone time. Number two, it earns enough money to make my car payment and my insurance. And number three, it keeps me on my fitness goals because I'm not having to bump something else to get my workouts in. And so... Those are like a triple win for me because because I have two kids and I care for my 80-year-old dad in my house and I work from home, time is a huge priority. I know it is for everybody. So we can double up some of these things. The other thing that I do is wherever I can, I have a walking meeting and I encourage my clients to meet me in the park and we can brainstorm, we can talk and we can stop and take some notes. We can use a recorder. Oftentimes I'll record the conversation as we walk because you can double up some of these things to help you stick to your plan. The other thing that I do is I try to put deadlines into my schedules and with certain things, you know, advertising running for shows or, you know, due dates for clients, those are non, uh, non-negotiables. But the attitude that you have towards your deadline is really, you want to look for good production. You want to be more focused but you don't want your deadline to cause you so much stress that you are avoiding the work. You know, today I had a job deadline and I was really frustrated and I, it was my own deadline. And so instead of coming in and working on my work, I clean my kitchen. I clean my office top to bottom. I'm in there, you know, windexing my triple monitors. And even though the productivity really benefited me because I feel more organized and calm. When I sat down to do the work, I realized, well, this is silly. It's it's a deadline that can be shifted. So why did I get myself so upset about it? Now, the good thing is I used that upset energy to clean and to take care of things that needed to be done in my office. I went through a whole big filing bin. But that could have been done with a little bit of kindness toward Um, working under pressure and keeping those deadlines. So you want to be fluid in your deadlines. Some of the things that you want to do is to plan ahead. And planning ahead is taking a few minutes each night, or in my case, I like to take one big chunk of time on Sunday nights to really get scheduled for the work ahead. I get to get my kids' schedules. You know, those things are subject to change. I can get my dad's doctor's appointments. And this allows me to to straighten up my desk and 
clear up everything. I mean, thankfully, I work from home. So that really allows me the luxury of coming in on a Sunday night. But putting the list together for the next day and the next week really allows me to focus on the important tasks, on what's really important. Because a lot of times, if I'm tired or I'm frustrated, I will do the tasks that are easy for me. And I'm not a good person waking up early in the morning. So I like to do those activities that are softer. But by 9.30, 10 o'clock, I'm raring to go for the day. And that's where I make the majority of my sales calls. And I really get into them so time flies. And I do use an Alexa Um, assistant and I do use my cell phone to remind me to take breaks because I can really get rolling and I don't want to exhaust myself and so my sales calls are made usually between 9 30 and 12 o'clock in the morning and then I make another batch of calls from 5 30 to 6 30 when I get done teaching my spin class now I like to work in bundles, and it allows me to really get deep into my projects. And so I have a couple different ways that I make a living. I'm a radio host. I build different web technologies, and I program. And then I also have clients that I coach. And so what I found is that the client coaching is very exhausting. And so I tend to do the majority of my client coaching on Tuesdays and Thursdays. On Mondays and Wednesdays, I do a lot of my recording. And the programming work that I do fits in around it. For me to do successful programming work, I have to be exhausted. Otherwise, I can't sit still. So I like to do that kind of work later in the evening or early in the morning when I wake up. And I bundle my work and I do it in batches in a way that serves me. Because when you need to do things like design a website, edit a couple of radio shows, you know, write some training programs, I also do speaking engagements All of those things are different kind of mental tasks. So I tend to do the writing stuff all together in a two or three hour block. I tend to do the editing of shows all together in a two or three hour block. And then I tend to do my coaching, my radio shows in a couple hour blocks. So this allows me to really get into what I'm doing because to shift From editing and programming, which is a very quiet activity, to coaching and radio, which is a high-energy talking activity, I need to structure those at least in different, either one in the morning, one in the afternoon, or ideally about a day apart. The other thing that I find that gets in the way of my time is distractions, and You can watch Hulu and Netflix and you can get hooked in these things or some of these video games that are super fun like Candy Crush. They're great relaxation or ways to distract you from your work. But jumping from task to task, playing a game in the middle, answering emails, then checking your texts, then going into your social media really causes most of us to just spin. It causes us to go back and redo, remember, try to figure out where we were when we were working on something. 
And so I found that I only keep the windows open on my computer that I'm working on. If I'm doing a high activity that requires a lot of digital energy, you know, whether it's programming or website design and building, I will tend to shut all my electronics off except for texting. And I will allow texts come through and instant messages because that's in the same brain space. But I really don't want to shift gears, you know, like an 18 wheeler and start to get into an arena where I'm talking. And that's really, really uh, good for me. And I think it's good for most people because you can gather your thoughts and do certain things. You know, you really don't want to run for 15 minutes on the treadmill, then stop and lift two weights, run for 20 minutes on the treadmill and then stop and lift three weights. Those things are, are, they just don't work. And so I also like to create certain routines and these routines are bundled activities. So I look at certain routines when I'm scheduling or when I'm booking clients and when I'm talking to people. I try to figure out when in the day is my peak activity for this task and can I bundle things together. So a lot of times I'll do my billing of clients, paying my bills, and then also my personal bills at the same time. So I'll have a full hour of money. And I will try to not do these administrative tasks when I'm using up my money hours. And money hours are the hours that you have to make money. Those are not always nine to five. For many of us, that can be six to eight at night where we meet clients. And these are these are things that you have to determine for yourself. And you can really just note in your date planner When are your times of peak activity? Are you a morning person? Are you an afternoon person? Are you a lunch person? Are you a night person? Everybody's different. So you have to find out what works for you. And again, going back to your planners is a really good way to make heads and tails of what's, um, you know, what, what works for you. Now, most of us tend to do the easy stuff first. And I find that that's a mistake because I blow my energy on all these easy things. Now, if a task is hard because you can't figure it out, that's a different story. When I can't figure out something, maybe it's a glitch in a program, maybe it's a website that's not coming together, it could be a brand strategy that I'm working on that I just can't get a hold of. That's when I will clean. That's when I'll organize. That's where I'll go through stacks of papers. I might leave in the middle of the day and go grocery shopping or do shopping for my kids. I will do some physical activity. I might work out or go for a walk or go for a run that allows that stuff to settle in my head. More often than not, when I have a problem that I can't resolve, I need to sleep on it. You know, there's something to be said about those old, you know, old anecdotes or whatever they're called um, that you sleep on it and then you can wake up refreshed and, you know, things have time to settle. It's almost like rebooting your computer. I look at myself and go, you know what? I need to reboot myself. And that allows me to clear my mind. And Many times I'll swim laps, and that's one of the things where I can put my face in the water, put on my 
headphones and a lot of times I'll listen to music while I swim, but it can be piano music. It can be non-lyrical music and things that don't have words. And I just power through those strokes and start to clear my mind. And when things are not flowing as well as I would like, I know it's time to stop. It's time to walk around and focus on something completely different, which is why I use shopping or working out. I generally don't sit down in front of a television or watch something. That doesn't work for me because that kind of clutters up my mind with whatever is on the television. And a lot of times, if I do that, especially in the afternoon, I'll fall asleep. And that's not that doesn't help anybody. Um, when you look at managing your time, do you remember a time when you were really in love with someone or in love with your job or something was so new and exciting and you had all the energy in the world? And then you look at your stuff now and go, oh, I've been doing this for 12 years. And how do I summon up the energy to keep doing it? And so what I found is looking at these routine tasks, you know, there's days where I am not excited to get up and get on the radio and spend two or three hours talking with guests, no matter how wonderful they may be. I get tired of talking. I get tired of hearing my own voice. And so one of the things that I did was I treated myself to a bunch of new office supplies, a bunch of new headphones, things that allowed me to enjoy my work even more. I got to color code things and that was really fun. I also bought a new iPad that I can use to pull up my guest information. So those are some things that I find help me a lot is to change my state, to put some different music on, you know, to try new Spotify lists or go into, um, go into YouTube and pull up some song lists. The other thing I like to do is change out my screensavers because when you get different energy, different pictures to look at while you're thinking, all of these things can bust you out of a rut. Now, when we look at time blocking, there are things that we have to time block. And I know this sounds crass, but I am the type of person that needs to plan one-on-one -on -one time with each of my boys or it won't happen. I need to plan one-on-one -on -one time with my dad. So I need to make sure that I talk to him, even if it's 15 or 20 minutes, just to touch base and connect. I need to do that with my significant other. I need to call him because sometimes I get really busy with everybody and two, three days can roll by and I haven't talked to him. And that's really not a really good way to keep a relationship, much less strengthen it. So if there are people in your life who matter to you and people who you want to develop a strong relationship or trust, you need to make sure that you schedule time for them. Relationships are so powerful and it's, it's important that they become an entity in themselves. And so, you know, putting up times for movie night or date night or things that allow you to just go for a walk or go watch and play hockey, you know, whatever it is, you know, you need to do these things because your relationships are important and you won't have them if you don't. Same thing with your health goals. I like to plan all of my health uh, maintenance in January. I plan my doctor's appointments, my eye appointments, all the regular things that you need to do. Uh, January is my health month. February is my home and car month. And that's where I tend to 
you know, get oil changes, get things. And I do it again, uh, six months later. So February and August are my car months. And I, I've been doing this for so long, you guys, it's just automatic. Like I know I need to schedule all our uh, checkups and stuff and my eye appointments, meet with my nutritionist in January. I also meet with my trainer and identify those goals. You know, February and October are my home maintenance and I live in this desert. So thankfully I don't have to deal with snow and heaters and all things like that, but I do have air conditioning units that need to be serviced. I do have vents. This is a good time to change your fire um, extinguisher, your fire, the things in the ceilings, put new batteries in and you just make a whole list. Here's my August list. Here's my um, January list. Here's my February list. You know, March is my pet month and that's when all the dogs, their, their licenses are due, their shots are due. And yeah, you have to do these things, um, anyway. So why not bundle them in months so that you know what you're doing? Like April, we all know this April is tax month and happens to me my corporate year end. So that to me is a big financial month. And I'm going to tell you when I do my goal setting, because setting personal goals is really important because you need to see yourself in five years and you need to do things today to get you there. And we're all motivated by our desires. You know, we hope and we dream and we look again ahead, but we don't always get to it and it doesn't stay on our list and it falls off. And every year I take a vacation with my kids back to New York where I was raised and we have a couple of weeks where we spend time on the water and we eat and we laugh and we have campfires and and it's a real lazy time for me. And that's a really good time for me to slow down, disconnect from my company and my life in L.A. and do some serious thinking about what I want and what's important to me. So it's funny because I make my New Year's resolutions in July. I usually go for two, three weeks. I come back in July and airplane rides or bus rides or long car rides or even long boat rides are great times to keep just a little mini journal with you. You know, those little teeny little paper journals. You get three of them for $5. They're, you know, about the size of your iPhone and you can take those with you and start jotting some things down. You know, what, what, didn't I like this past year? You know, what did I like? What did I do really good at? How do I need to improve? And these are some really good ways to manage because honestly, I can't do it on December 31st. I can't even do it in December. That's where I have my biggest fundraisers for Toys for Tots and I have a lot of events to go to. So that's not a productive time for me to set my my personal goals and my company goals. And Having that time to just sit and think about yourself is a luxury. That's the other thing that I do block out once a month. I block out half a Friday and sometimes I put in some personal things. I might have a massage. I might get my hair cut. I might, you know, get my nails done or, you know, I might take myself out to, to lunch but I block out half of Friday every month just to see if I'm on track, just to see if I'm getting my my goals done. Because what happens is we blow through the minutiae of the day, you know, history reports and, you know, doctor's visits and and client needs and somebody going 
bananas in your company and then you got to hire a new one. Those things throw you off your game and they eat up your time. And if you don't block your time, you'll lose it forever. And if you don't make time for your dreams and your goals is you make time for it. And it's really that simple. And leveraging some things like cleaning, hiring teenagers to run errands, shopping online so stuff is delivered, all these help keep our 24 hours to ourselves. And if you don't believe me, I invite you to try this exercise. Make an Excel spreadsheet and Across the top in the column headings, I want you to put Monday through Sunday. Then I'd like you to start it at like whatever time you get up, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Go down the rows and every hour or every half hour on the line. Then go ahead and set your margins and set your, you know, set your um, row and header lines Print it out and carry it with you for two weeks. And you will see really where your time goes. How much time does it take you to drive and shower and eat and shop and sleep and do whatever? And if you get in the habit of this, I like to use these 24-7 Excel planners. I print them out and sometimes I just do them on my computer. I like to use these to have a pretty good idea where my time's going, especially if I'm feeling really stressed and strapped or if I feel like I'm wasting a lot of time because you can spend a lot of time on things that aren't important, that don't make your life better, that don't allow you to um, get the things done that you need to do and also don't allow you to get further in your goals. And so it's really a fun thing to look down. And I like to use a piece of paper because you can stuff it in your pocket, fold it up. You can put it in your purse. Yeah, you can do it on your cell phone if you're that handy. I don't happen to be that handy. Um, But bundling, knowing where your time goes, keeping your eye on what's important to you. Those are the best time blocking secrets that I can share with you. We'll be back again next week. Let me know your comments below and we'll see you for another episode next week. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.